pray. Jesus, I'm so thankful for already what has happened this morning as we've been able to lift up your name and praise you for who you are and what you've done. Already we've just heard testimony of what you have done in individual lives. And God, when your kingdom comes in our lives, we are not the same. You bring healing, you bring breakthrough. You turn us uh, to be like you, and we are so grateful, Jesus, for how you work and move. And we're so thankful that you have come to establish the kingdom, and we are learning and growing in that reality. And so as we uh, go again and look at that part of your word this morning, Jesus, presence yourself here. As we're going to go and and spend some time praying together as a church, um, we're so thankful, Jesus, when you say, when two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst. And we know, Jesus, that you are here and that we get to engage with you in prayer. We just thank you so much for this time. We commit this all to you. Amen. All right, so uh, recap. We have been doing a series uh, on the kingdom and just understanding just uh, this incredible tension uh, of where we find ourselves as the church. The reality that Jesus, uh, at the back end of his ministry, rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, and that started uh, the events that led him uh, to the cross where he went there in our place uh, for our sin. And the reality of that changed everything for us as believers, where when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we move from being enemies uh, to friends, where we are outside of uh, God's kingdom into being adopted sons and daughters and are in this thing now called the church, the body of Christ. But the tension that we experience is Jesus is going to come again. And as we have said in this series, not on a donkey, but on a horse with a sword. And there's going to be a time when the fullness of the kingdom of God is established. But what is so exciting is that uh, I think about this life in the kingdom as what we're experiencing with the church right now is win-win. I think of the words of the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament for us. At the back end of his life, he kind of penned these words. He said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Him understanding this nature of where we find ourselves in the world with Jesus establishing the kingdom and the reality of the fullness still coming is win-win. Because he said to live is Christ. To live is to experience so much more than what we sometimes get taught, that Christianity is just about a ticket to heaven. That it's about living life with Jesus in the kingdom now. That I get to experience relationship with Jesus now. I get to have a personal, dynamic relationship with my risen Savior, Jesus. I get to live every single day with that as my reality with the greater hope and joy of what's still coming. That as we're understanding the kingdom and we're understanding what that means for us now, and this is what's been such a joy for us as leadership, is for some people to go, I didn't realize how much more was available to me in this life. The misconception that Christianity is all about the life to come. That is a significant joy for us in that reality. But as we understand the kingdom, the kingdom that is here already, that's growing like a mustard seed, that we aren't always aware of it, is just this win-win. To live is Christ and to die is gain. To die is to experience the fullness of Jesus hasn't come back yet. 
but now living every single day in relationship with my Savior Jesus and all that that encompasses is what we have been speaking about over the last few weeks. And so then just to end off the series and to launch into our week of prayer, the disciples were spending time with Jesus. And uh, this was early on in their following of him and getting to see him in action, spending time with him, seeing that there was so much difference about Jesus. And Jesus was teaching all about the kingdom. We know how much Jesus spoke about the kingdom. And one day, the disciples went to Jesus and they said, teacher, won't you show us and teach us how to pray? They noticed something different about how he was praying. And so Jesus uh, sat down and he said this to his disciples. We know it so well. We often kind of miss over, uh, glance over some of these things, the Lord's Prayer. So uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, in response to uh, being taught how to pray, Jesus said this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Part of how Jesus uh, taught and modeled uh, his followers how to pray was to pray, your kingdom come. So this is something that we have been speaking about. We've been unpacking the realities of the kingdom. And so now it then is uh, for us as followers of Jesus, people who are growing and being shaped into his likeness to apply this to our lives. When we pray, and how we should be praying as followers of Jesus is to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Amen, guys. Thank you so much for coming. Because no, it makes sense, right? It's so easy. There he just says, pray, your kingdom come. But the big question is how? Right? How do I turn kind of everything that we've gone through over the last few weeks and these words of Jesus, pray your kingdom come, how, how do I turn that actually into a prayer life? What, what does that look like? And so I'm going to go into a couple of other passages to try and uh, kind of give some structure and some body to that and equip us practically this morning so that our prayer lives can look like that. So that if we look at our prayer lives and say, yes, yes, I'm praying the kingdom come, and that can, I can actually show you what that looks like. So if you have got your Bibles open and you have found Matthew uh, chapter 6, turn over a few pages to Matthew chapter 9, and I'll show you what I think some of this looks like. So end of Matthew chapter 9, Jesus again talking to his disciples. And he goes this, and then he said this to his disciples. Verse 37, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So again, here we have Jesus encouraging his disciples to pray. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. The very next verse, chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus sends out the 12 disciples on an assignment to preach the kingdom. So he says, pray. He tells them to pray. He shows them uh, and gives them the words to pray. And then Jesus sends them out. Another passage that Steve and I love so much 
to kind of help you see what's going on here. Colossians chapter 1 and, and verses uh, 28. Uh, the writer here is, is Paul, uh, wrote the book, this letter to this church, and he says this, we proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. There are two very interesting things in this passage. You can see the words. Uh, to this end, I strenuously contend, okay, so the version is a little bit differently, with all the energy Christ works in me. There's the work I do, there's the work that Christ does. He says, pray, and then he sends them out. He says, here's the work I very much strenuously contend to with all his energy that works in me. Again, I, I, I'm wondering, hopefully pennies are starting to drop. Pray, and then he sends out. There's everything I do with all his energy that's working in me. One of the things that we've spoken about as we've been unpacking the kingdom is this uh, thing that is just, it makes no sense to us, because why would God use us, right? You know, because I wouldn't use me, and you're often probably thinking, yeah, I, I wouldn't use you either. I wouldn't uh, use myself. But for the strange reason or the strange dynamic that goes on with God and his people is that he always uses us to bring about his plans in the earth. Again, as we've been going, remember some of the stories in the Old Testament, Moses, there's a sea in front of him. God could part the sea. But he calls Moses to surrender, walk in faith and obedience, and act in faith and put his staff into the water to part the sea. God always chooses to work in our surrender and submission, obedience and walking in faith. All the way through scripture, we see that dynamic, this incredible relationship where there is the all-powerful creator of the universe, our God, who chooses to work in and through us when we walk in faith and obedience, surrender and trust. So the first thing we really need to understand when we think about praying the kingdom and your kingdom come, your will be done, is really grasping the relationship between God and us, that he chooses to use us. He says, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Then he sends out the disciples. Paul is working as an apostle to the Gentiles. What we understand about him is that he took the gospel to his generation and uh, to those who had never heard before. He worked incredibly hard, facing incredible hardships. But he was able to say, it's all God's energy working in me. This unique relationship that God works in and through us when we surrender and live in obedience and walk in faith and trusting him. This is part of understanding how to pray your kingdom come. Last week, Steve mentioned about uh, healings, and I know that's come up in so much discussion. And it's just, some, again, just an example of how, how I apply this to uh, my life. I uh, took a bunch of Riversiders to Botswana uh, last year, and we did experience significant amounts of healings. 
But if I look back over my life, I've been involved in meetings where in, in Mozambique, there were nearly 300 people that were healed miraculously and fully. And I can talk to time and time again where we've experienced people in my own family. My mother, Inez, has experienced healing here at, at, at church. And so many of you guys have experienced healing. But then some of us have not. And we've also unpacked that a little bit why uh, it doesn't always happen. We know as believers the joy is on the other side of eternity. Every single one of us will be 100% completely healed and restored. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for that. But I've also been in situations where I've prayed and no one's been healed. So what do I do? I always pray for people to be healed. Because I understand that I'm called to pray and to walk in and trust the coming of God's kingdom in people's lives. So just because I've experienced in some cases and not in others means absolutely nothing to me. I know that I've got a God who loves his people and who is so concerned about his church. And so when I gather with people, I always walk in faith, and I always trust that God's kingdom is gonna come in their lives, and I pray, God, won't you heal this person? And if he does, praise God for that work. And if he doesn't, we praise God that he's still on his throne, and he's still alive and active, and is for us in every single way. Just wanted to share that. But I uh, want to get very practical and try and get as practical as I can this morning. But I want you to take notes on this. I think there's three major components to praying, your kingdom come, your will be done. And the first one is this. Uh, the first component is yourself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, again, Paul writing, uh, tells us that because of the work that Jesus has done in us, that we become Christ's ambassadors. The, the language around that is the kingdom has come so powerfully in our lives that before we came to faith in Jesus Christ, we were enemies and now we're adopted sons and daughters. There's been such an incredible change. In the, the, the language of 2 Corinthians 5, is we were dead in our sins, but we're now alive in Christ. We're new creations. All of this is from Christ. This incredible thing has happened. And as a result, we have become Christ's ambassadors. I love this language because we are brand ambassadors. We're sports team ambassadors. We are uh, ambassadors for music artists and for movies that are out. We know what it means to tell people about things in this world. We wear the t-shirts of our favorite teams, etc., etc. But we are at our core, uh, one of our core identities as believers is to be ambassadors and citizens of heaven here on earth. And in that language, uh, it goes on to say that God makes his appeal to the world through us. And again, this is this dynamic agency between God working through us, that those of us who have come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are his ambassadors. So now you want to pray, your kingdom come in, and then you can fill in the blank. God, your kingdom come in my school. Your kingdom come in my university. Your kingdom come in my office block. Your kingdom come in my neighborhood, in my suburb, in uh, my family. 
if you want to pray that, understanding how God works through me and how often the kingdom comes through me, if I want to be praying this and understanding this well, I have to consider myself and be praying uh, primarily for myself. And what I mean by that, if I am Christ's ambassador, if God is going to come through me, I need to be understanding uh, what Scripture says, and I'm praying, God, transform me into your likeness. God, if I'm your ambassador, God, if I'm who you're going to use to bring your truth to the world that needs you, God, help me to become the person you need me to be. If your marriage is struggling, husbands, I'm gonna speak to you on this one. I can't speak for them and I'm not one. So if your uh, marriage is struggling and you're praying, God, help my marriage, it's gonna go a very long way to writing itself where you're examining your own hearts in light of all of scripture and saying, God, help me to be kinder. God, help me to forgive like you forgive. God, give me the patience that I see in your word. God, give me grace. God, help me to uh, be strong. And all the things that you are seeing are false in yourself and saying, God, this, uh, you know, often one of our biggest blind spots is we don't see that there's problems with ourselves. But if you're wanting to see the kingdom come in your marriage, it's reading this and it's saying, God, transform me into this. God, transform me into a man that honors my wife. God, transform me into a man that has compassion for her. See where, uh, where I'm going with we, we need to pray for ourselves because that change alone is going to bring about more of what God's intended best is for our marriages. Think about this for our workplaces and our, where we're around with our, our colleagues. Now, praying God your kingdom come does not look like this. You stand up. And you announce to your office, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone, I'm a Christian. Please stop smoking and swearing. And then you sit down and you get to your life group on Wednesday and you're like, guys, uh, I shared my faith. At Riverside, we call that uh, you're being a jerk for Jesus. And so that isn't how he operated. Think of everything that we've read in the New Testament about the behavior of Jesus. His primary emotion was compassion. Talks about how he was kind. Uh, we know, and this is what we, the language that we do use, is that people who were not like Jesus liked Jesus. And so often the rap that Christians have is that people don't like the Christians in the office because of how we are not kind, how we are not gentle, how we are not for people, how we're not practicing generosity and being for people in our offices. Let me tell you, if you want the kingdom to come and are praying for the colleagues in your workspace, start with yourself. By examining scripture, by looking at the life of Jesus and praying, Jesus, change me into this. Help me be compassionate. Help me to be kind. Help me to be gentle. Right? We want to be winsome. We want uh, Jesus hung out with tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes and people did not like that Jesus did that, but those people loved Jesus because it was the way that he treated them. And so if we want the kingdom to, be, to come in those spaces, if 
we want to experience the fullness of that, it has to start with us and the way that we act and especially how we're reading and transforming our lives to everything that God has revealed to us in his word and praying that the Holy Spirit would do that. Number two is then praying for people. And I mentioned this, uh, and, and I want you to maybe add this discipline to your life. It's praying very specifically for people. So if you have got some colleagues, bring them before the Lord by name. And then what happens is you get to follow up with them. So if you are praying, God, kingdom, come in my workspace, and I want to pray for Jim, and I want to pray for Sally, and, I wanna, and you start praying that God would uh, bless them, that God would move in their lives, that God would soften their hearts. And then if you are applying uh, component number one, you're hearing what's going on in their lives because you're being winsome. You're talking to them. In fact, um, uh, a former pastor in the Joburg area by the name of PJ Smith, uh, a quote that impacted me big time was, the best kind of evangelists are the best kind of friends. That this winsome, loving, genuine, earnest behavior that comes from the transformation of Christ in our lives. And then you go to the man to say, hey, Jim, Man, you mentioned that your kids were sick. We've been praying for them. How's it going? Are they okay? Do you guys need a meal? You're following up and you're following up and you're earnestly praying, you're earnestly um, encouraging them, you're earnestly modeling Jesus to them. Again, I just think you're gonna see more and more of the kingdom coming. And then number three is, is make the ask. We know in Romans 10, it says that faith comes by hearing. And no one can believe unless somebody tells them. And so this is probably the scariest part of praying the kingdom, is that you can't pray the kingdom without inviting people into the kingdom. You can model, and I really encourage you guys to walk in faith and trust God that you're going to be his ambassador in ever-increasing effective ways, living lives that demand people asking questions of why are you at peace when our company is going through this? How can you be so calm, et cetera, et cetera? And you can tell people uh, about what you have in Jesus. But in modeling, in praying for, you have to get to a place where you invite people into God's story. The only way the kingdom is going to come into other people's lives is if they come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Unless that happens, they're always gonna be outside. And the only way they can come in is if we invite them. Because faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by speaking. And because God uses us to bring about his kingdom, the invitation to be a part of it has to come through us as well. And I'm convinced that if we are doing everything we can and inviting the power of the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us to make us more like Christ, that we are living as his ambassadors and we are earnestly coming before the Father, praying for people in our spaces and then inviting them into God's story and sharing with them what Jesus has done in our lives. I'm convinced more and more than not, we are gonna see the kingdom coming in people's lives. 
Then I want to end off this morning with a how, and the final one is this. It's faith. And we have every reason to pray with the certainty that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Because what we have already experienced, knowing that God's kingdom is here and is growing and will come in uh, fullness uh, over the last few weeks, I have just been renewed in my faith because the church is the reality. Because we know Jesus comes back and everything have we have experienced speaks to the reality that there is going to be a time when Jesus comes and shakes every kingdom and every knee bows to the name of Jesus. And because we know that's happening and because we know that there was a physical resurrection, a physical ascension, and Jesus said, I'm coming back. We know the Holy Spirit has come. We know the power that's available to us as a church. We can pray these things with certainty. That every prayer we pray, we can pray it in the fullness of believing that God will do what he said he will do. And I really want to encourage you with that because we are now going to go into a time of prayer. We're supposed to grab our coffees and head off to our land and kick off our week of prayer and fasting. But uh, most of the places where we want to pray, you'll be ankle deep in water. And so we thought to spare you that. But we're going to go and uh, in a minute, I'm going to just encourage you to Move your chairs, get into some groups. And, and, and I just want to uh, say this. For some of you, this is going to be really scary because you've never prayed out loud before, and that's okay. You're not under pressure to pray. No one is forcing you to pray, but I do want to encourage you that I don't think you're ever going to find a safer environment to pray out loud for the first time uh, because no one's going to judge what you say no one's going to think anything about what you say. If you oh, can't speak in front of people, I can't do this. We're going to be agreeing with you in faith. Uh, we're going to be saying yes to what you're praying. Uh, we're going to be agreeing with you, uh, trusting uh, for everything that you pray. And if you're a guest, and this is your first time, and you thinking to the person who brought you, what have you done that I'm not going to have to spend the next while praying? Uh, sorry, but this is sometimes what we do here. We believe in all that God uh, says and does, and so we're just going to step into that this morning, and you're welcome to take part in that. But I'm just going to pray and end this time as we transition into the next. Jesus, I'm so thankful again for what you invite us into. God, it's just so incredible uh, that you use us. But also, it's just so incredible knowing uh, what you have in store for us the fullness of this life and the joy and the hope of the life to come. And God, as we pray now for our land and our future and us as a church, God, again, I just pray that you would just stir faith in us. Remind us of who you are and what you said you're gonna do. In your holy name, amen.